is up, everyone. You're listening to Chat Point, the live Q&A podcast from Checkpoint Church. I am Nerd Pastor Nate, and I'm here to talk to you about whatever we want to talk about. It's Q&A. Ask any questions. Feel free to drop any questions you might have in the chat. We will tackle them after we tackle our question of the day. I'll answer as many of them as I can within the hour. We'll be going until 1 p.m. today. First off, let's get started with our question of the day. Can an introvert do church? How can an introvert be a part of church? How can an introvert do life? What is the deal with introverts in general? Introversion. And so we're going to talk a lot about that. But first, I want to just let you guys know that I am of the opinion. Um, I am by no means a clinical psychologist. I am by no means, uh, I have no degree in such a thing. However, what I do know is this. I am an introvert. And so my goal here is not really to tell you about the science uh, or to tell you about exactly what um, is going on in your brain as an introvert or what exactly that means. Uh, I am going to say a little bit about what it means, but my goal is not to throw some hardcore facts at you. My uh, goal with this podcast in particular is to let you guys know how I deal with it. How do I handle being introverted? Uh, proof that I'm introverted, perhaps. So you guys, you should know by now, I'm a pastor. I am the nerd pastor here uh, on, on uh, in Checkpoint. Here in Checkpoint, I'm your nerd pastor. And uh, it, that's a hard job to do. But it's even harder when you're an introvert. And even more so, most pastors, believe it or not, would describe themselves as being introverts. Whenever I go to potlucks or something like that, that's something very, very common at the church setting. If I go to a potluck, uh, I am truly just drained on the other end. It absolutely sucks all of the life out of me. I'm miserable for the rest of the day. My energy's just gone if we have a big potluck with a bunch of people. Every uh, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, you name the holiday, whenever I'm around a bunch of family, I love my family. I cherish my family. They're, they're very special to me, but I'm tired the entire day time. Pretty much the from, uh, let's say, the night before Halloween, pretty much the night before Halloween until we get into like middle of January, I'm just tired. Just in general, tired. I have nothing left to give because I'm around people, people, people. And I love people, but they drain me of my energy. And here's another thing that you can ask my wife about. I feel almost constantly judged during these scenarios. I feel like people can tell that I'm an introvert. I feel like people can tell that I'm not really in it. I feel like people can tell that I'm not having the energy that I might sometimes have whenever I'm on a stream or whenever I'm behind a video camera or whenever I'm behind the pulpit. And so I feel very judged. I feel like people are um, noticing that I'm introverted. But the truth is, and you can also ask my wife this, uh, that's not the case. That's not the scenario. So we're going to talk about just a couple of things about that, and I'm going to give some advice, uh, and then we're going to get into your Q&A questions. Uh, again, I want to point your direction to that poll up at the top, so let us know, uh, are you introverted? Would you define yourself as that? Would you define yourself as extroverted? Or are you just not sure? Any of those answers are just fine. I'm just kind of getting a quick little sense of the poll just because I, I think it's fun to have all these affiliate things and I want to give them a shot. So first, I want to go over a misconception. I do also want to restate. 
I am not a clinical psychologist. I have studied some psychology. It is not my degree. It is not my profession. There are people out there who have written books, uh, who have done studies, who have done far more in this than I have. So I'm not, hear me please, (laughs) not telling you anything medical here. I'm just telling you what I know, what I've read, and what I believe about myself. So first, I want to clear up a misconception about introversion and extroversion. So here's what we here's what we often hear. People say, "Well, uh, you know, I'm a total introvert. I just don't really I just don't really like being around people." Maybe you've heard that before. I just don't really like people. I'm not what you would call a people person. Uh, or or they would say, "Oh, that guy, he is such an extrovert. He's just a, he just lights up a room. He's just so funny. He just knows everyone and talks to everyone. No, 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 no. That's not what an introvert is or an extrovert is. Introversion and extroversion, what they have to do with 100% of the time is where do you store and build up your energy, your motivation, What brings you to do your next thing? Where do you get that energy from? If you get your energy from being around people, if whenever you're around people, it energizes you and you're like on top of the world, you go to a party and there's a hundred people around and you're like, yes, this is my place. These are my people. Let's get into it. Odds are you're an extrovert. Now, on the other hand, if you go to a a crowd of a bunch of people, you may be just a spitfire. You might be hilarious. You might be so good at hanging out with people. You might be so good at, at turning on that sense of self, but you can still be an introvert if at the end of that party, you are drained. You are absolutely just a slog of a person. I'm not talking about tired talking about drained. I'm talking about your yourself, who you are, feels like all of the energy is gone. Feels like everything was put into that party. Everything was put into that time. Doesn't mean that you weren't funny. It doesn't mean that you were quiet and closed off. None of those have anything to do with introversion and extroversion. Those are just personality types, personality traits, and things that we do. Those can be learned and changed, but our introversion, our extroversion, that part of our psyche has everything to do instead with where do we draw our energy from. So that, and, and, and if you draw it from crowds, extrovert. If you draw it from quietness, you're probably an introvert. One thing that I often hear, and I see out of sense, I'll, I'll take that question a little later on, but I, I am pretty much answering it right now. Uh, I hear a lot of people say, I'm an introverted extrovert. We'll talk a lot more about what that means, But odds are, if you say you're an introverted extrovert, you're an introvert. That's the answer for the most part. So we'll talk more about that. I'll I'll remember whenever I uh, whenever I get to that question because it is it it's that's the question. That's the that's the million dollar question is what you're asking. So the question that we that I'm wanting to posit here uh, is: Can an introvert? Can a person who considers themselves introverted still do church? Can they still go to church? Can they still go to public places? And if so, how do they do it? How can they do it? What does it look like to do it? So first, uh, before we really get into you know my advice, um, I want to say something about Scripture <laughs> because this is a church, and I think that this often gets thrown in the face of introverts like myself. So I'm not, I'm going to be careful about what I say. I don't think 
um, that we need to be alone. I don't think that worship happens alone. I don't think that we need to be separated from everyone to do church. I think church is a community ultimately, but church is not a building. Church is not a place where we go. Church is who we are. Uh, it looks like we just got the results. We're 50-50 introverted and not quite sure. So that's our poll results there. So anyway, something that I think gets thrown in the face of introverts like myself pretty often is if you're if you're alone, then you can't possibly can't possibly be worshiping God because the scriptures say Matthew 18:20, no doubt you've heard this scripture even if you don't know you've heard it, wherever two or three are gathered, I am there. That's what Jesus says, wherever two or three are gathered, I am there. Here's the thing about this scripture is that it doesn't mean what you think it means. <laughs> uh, a lot of people have misinterpreted this scripture and made it to sound, including myself, and have made it sound like, uh, you know, as long as there are people, as long as there's more than just you by yourself, well, then Jesus is right there worshiping with you. No, it has nothing to do with worship. What this actually scripture uh, delineates to, what it uh, harkens back to is in the Old Testament and the laws of the Old Testament. And one of the things that was really popular in the Old Testament uh, was this idea of dispute. Whenever we got in an argument, the Jewish people still had to be a part of a community. And so the old rule of thumb was, don't just go after someone if you think they've wronged you. Instead, go to someone else, ask if they also see that wrong. Ask if they see it as well. Maybe even go to three people, go to the next person and get two people's opinions on whether or not you've been wronged. And then if all three of them agree that you've been wronged, go and confront the accuser, go and confront the person who has wronged you. That's what that scripture is actually talking about. Jesus is affirming that that is something that is a holy practice, that whenever we are feeling wronged and we're feeling hurt, the best thing we can do is to talk to someone else, then talk to someone else, and all together go and confront the wronged party. If you are the wronged party, go confront the wronger, or whatever it might be. And so this actually has nothing to do with worship. This has nothing to do with there needing to be a crowd for Jesus to be present and that Jesus isn't with you if it's just you by yourself. No, 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 no. That's totally dead wrong. What this scripture is actually getting at is a really key word for us here at Checkpoint, and it's accountability. The whole reason we're doing what we're doing and the reason why we're trying this thing is because we need to be held accountable. And the way that we are, we are held accountable is one another. If we hold one another accountable, if we turn to two or three before just going with our gut and attacking somebody that we think has wronged us, then in the long run, we're doing the right thing. We're being held accountable. And Jesus tells us in the scriptures that, hey, that is exactly what you need to do. I'm there if you're doing that, if you're gathering together, loving one another and holding each other accountable, not by your own standards, but rather by the group standards. And so this includes, get this, the introverts. Introverts are just as much a part of this community as everybody else. It has nothing to do with coming to some great worship hall and hearing some wonderful choir sing uh, or going to the potluck after church or going to the huge Easter egg hunt. No, it has nothing to do with any of those things. Jesus is present with you when you're alone. Jesus is present with you at all times. But what this means is that the ideal of the church is for us to be a community. And Jesus is with the church when we're as a community holding one another accountable.
this leads pretty directly uh, into my my kind of take on church and my take on churches uh, is that we worry too much about entertaining people, uh, that we want to bring people in with the biggest, most impressive show we possibly can. And those things are great. Those things are, are, are wonderful for a lot of reasons, but also they kind of miss the mark of what we're actually doing. If you want to bring people together and please them with that kind of thing, that's great. However, don't forget that what Jesus wants to be a part of and what he's encouraging here is not pleasure. It's community. It's accountability. It's being there for one another. And so, you know, whether or not we have four viewers, whether we have 400 or 4,000 viewers on this podcast, it doesn't matter to me as long as we're all being involved and we're leading towards a sense of accountability where we might be able to hold one another up in some kind of light and care for one another. That is my biggest goal. But all of that doesn't really answer the question, does it? (laughs) Stressful situations do happen. Large group gatherings do happen. We find ourselves, and by we, I mean introverts, we find ourselves in large group gatherings in places that drain us of our energy all the time. That happens. So what do we do? What can we do? How can we be better? How can we improve ourselves? How can we be more mindful of who we are and where we are? How can we continue to build up on these things? I have a couple of tips, five to be exact, five tips that I think really will help out my introverted brothers and sisters out there. Um, and I want to offer them over to you. The first one I would say is the most important one, at least for me, it's the most important one. So you remember earlier I mentioned, uh, that I, uh, I've been a pastor for, 10 years now, technically. I mean, I've been pastoring a church for four, but I have been a leader in the church for 10 years. And over those 10 years, I've been to a lot of things, been to a lot of events. I've been to a lot of Halloween trunk or treats and you name it, anything and everything that could suck the energy out of an introvert. I've been to them. I've done them. I've stressed through them. I've been there. But over the past four years, really the past eight years, I have discovered the key to something better, to finding a way out of those situations, not as a way of escape, but as a way of getting some support. The person that I'm talking about, the thing that I'm talking about is my wife, Logan. Um, Without a doubt, I don't know where I would be as a pastor or as an introverted person without my spouse, but it doesn't have to be a spouse. Uh, in the Bible, we have another character that I'm going to you know, mention here in Barnabas. Barnabas, maybe you know the name, maybe you don't, depending on how familiar with our, you are with your Bible. No doubt you probably know the name Paul, the apostle. He's probably the most famous apostle. Uh, and Paul goes on all these journeys and we always hear about him spreading the gospel, spreading Jesus's word across everybody. You know, you know, Paul. But the person that you don't hear about quite as often is the guy that was with Paul every step of the way, which is Barnabas. Barnabas is Paul's right-hand man, his number two, his his trusty companion, his compatriot. He goes with Paul everywhere in the New Testament. He goes all over the world spreading the gospel with Paul. And so I think that this is a big clue for introverts, for extroverts, for all people we aren't meant to necessarily be alone. I'm not talking about a spouse, but if you're going to go, if you're going to be a part of something and you find that it's hard to do it by yourself, okay, 
go with a friend. Find someone who is a familiar person. Find someone who makes you comfortable. Find someone that you feel like you could go anywhere with. And whenever something comes up that you know is going to be a larger group gathering that you really want to go to, but you know it's going to drain you, find that person and say, hey, would you mind going with me? Would you mind doing that with me? I really need some help. And I can say on my own behalf, having Logan come to anything and everything and be a part of things, it is astronomical, the difference that it makes. Now, it helps that she also happens to be a pretty major extrovert. That works out really well because she is truly an extrovert. She truly is a people person. Again, those are two different things. But she's really good at getting to know people, at networking, at being friendly, at being extroverted, at being, uh, you know, really getting energy from others. It doesn't wear her out. She just gets motivated by it. It's really, really good to have her along. And so, you know, if we have something at Checkpoint, which we're planning a lot of things, I mean, the Netflix party is going to be in a chat, so it's not too intimate, but uh, we're going to be doing things at Checkpoint all the time where we're going to have like trivia nights and things like that, where they're going to be on Zoom. And if you're scared to be present in that way, I get it. Invite a friend. Bring someone alongside with you and it'll feel so much more comfortable. And this doesn't just count for Checkpoint things. I'm not telling you to come to Checkpoint. Uh, I'm just saying that because you're here. Uh, but wherever you go, whatever you do, consider having someone that is your buffer. That is somebody that can get along and can provide that level of partnership. Your Barnabas, if you will. That's the first one. The second one is that you need to remember yourself. The Bible says this again and again, your Bible or your body is a temple. Your body is special. You, yes, you are sacred stuff. That's why we say what we say. You matter. That's our third thing. God loves you. I love you. You matter. We say that because we believe it. You do matter. And so it's so important that you take care of yourself. You have to be intentional with your me time. You have to make sure that you focus. This goes, by the way, for introverts and extroverts. If you're somebody that gets energy from being around other people, and I don't know, maybe a worldwide quarantine happens and you're not able to do that as well, you've got to be intentional about getting with other people, whether it be on Zoom, whether it be on the phone, however it might be, you've got to be around people. You've got to be intentional. If you're an introvert, you've got to have alone time. You've got to be intentional. I mean, this is something that... that uh, has to happen. Uh, you know, even, even just being around my wife and I just said how much of a wonderful partner she is and she is, but during quarantine times, we spent five months together nonstop. I love her very much, but every now and again, I had to have some time where I was like, all right, I just need to get away just for a second. I just need five minutes alone. I just need 30 minutes to go play a game. I just need to be with me. I just need to be doing what gives me energy for just a little bit. That stuff is okay. You have permission because you are sacred stuff and because you matter. This also means, by the way, you might need to start ignoring <laughs> some people's advice. Some people will tell you that this stuff is all made up and a bunch of hooey and it's just weird brain games and that it's not true. I'm here to tell you, yes, it is real. Don't listen to somebody that doesn't understand how you feel. Somebody that's not an introvert, that has never experienced that sucking of energy, that doesn't understand that, feel free to show them this video. Uh, but I mean, I think that the truth of the matter is that sometimes you just have to ignore and to say, you don't know what you're talking about. I am telling you, this is my experience. This is how I'm feeling. 
and this is real. I'll also put the the extended arm out here. This is what we're what checkpoint is for. Feel free to come to me. I am your nerd pastor here. I'm a listening ear always. If you are an introvert, if you're somebody that feels like your energy is just drained and nobody understands, I get it. Come talk to me. I'd love to to talk about it and to work it out uh, and to give you some more, you know, more specific and personalized advice on how to deal with this. Okay, that's number two. The third thing, and this is a this is a hard one for me to realize, is that being zapped of your energy isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes, just like the gas tank, right? Sometimes you gotta run it pretty close to the edge. Sometimes you gotta get it out. If you just sat your car where it was and never drove it, then it would stop working. It would stop functioning properly. You've got to empty the gas tank every now and again. You've got to be zapped every now and again. It's okay to have your energy zapped. It's okay to go into large groups. It's okay to be a little stressed out within reason. Once again, take in mind number two, always remember yourself, keep yourself sacred, keep yourself in check, but at the same time, practice this skill. Work on being out in the open, work on being in public, work on these things, and it will get easier. Even if it's not natural to you, it can still potentially get easier. Number four, this is an incredibly important one. If you don't hear anything else that I say, I want you to hear this one. Do not let your brain trick you into believing that you are less than or that you just don't like people. This is, this is one that I wrote for myself. Uh, because sometimes my introversion makes me feel like I have a pretty, pretty bad uh, crutch, that I have a pretty bad weakness, and that I'm abnormal. You are normal. It can be estimated that about 25% to 40%, anywhere in that spectrum of people on planet Earth are introverts. Statistically speaking, it may be less than half, it may only be a quarter, but a quarter of the planet is so many people, so many billion people are right there with you. You are normal. Introversion is not abnormal. It's perfectly fine. That's the first thing. The second thing, I always tell myself, I trick myself, my brain tries to convince me that I don't like people. That's not true. I do like people. And I would wager that you like people too. Are there people that I don't like? Sure. But all in all, I like people. They just zap my energy. Being around too many of them drains me my, my energy. But think of your best friend. Think of your spouse. Think of your family member that you like the most. Think of all of these people. They're great, right? You love them. They're important to you. You like people. And so if you give everyone that same kind of grace then I believe that everyone has a shot of being your best friend. Everyone could have a chance of being somebody that you really like. You don't hate people. You do like people. You just might be tricking yourself into thinking that you don't. Fifth and final tip. My fifth and final thing that I want to make sure that I get across here. Remember that it's a spectrum. Introversion and extroversion, imagine a line. Imagine a straight line from one end to the other. On one end, you have extroversion. On the other end, you have introversion. You got this line. And we'll just say somewhere along this scale, if we did one to 10, one being the most, uh, yeah, one being the most introverted you can possibly be, 10 being the most extroverted you can possibly be, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. There's all these places along the spectrum that you could be. 
Now, if you take the Myers-Briggs inventory, it'll show you where you are on that spectrum. And so let's say for me, for instance, I'm about a, I'm about a 35, I'm about 3.5. So if you have the one to 10, I'm like right here, here's dead center of the extroverted introverted. I am 3.5. I'm not quite dead center. I'm a little closer to extroverted than dead center, but I'm right there on being introverted. Some days, some days, namely Sundays, maybe where I have to be at church and I have to be around the people, I get a little less extroverted. Some days, if I've been around people for a long time, like the holidays, I get a little more introverted. I'm a little closer to a one, but it's a sliding scale. You can be anywhere along that scale at any amount of time. You aren't stuck where you are. I'm not a 3.5 every single day. I can grow into becoming more of an extrovert. Now, will I still drain my energy? Sure, I'm never going to be a 10. I can't do that. That sounds wild to me. But just because I'm here doesn't mean that I can't grow a little bit and be a little bit less of an introvert for a little while and try to do better if I can. And remember, both these things have pros and cons. It's a decision you can make. You can intentionally work on becoming more extroverted, on getting more energy and kind of throwing yourself into the deep end of being around people and draining your energy until you build up endurance. But that's not necessarily the right answer. It's a decision you can make, but it's not one you have to make. And so remember that you aren't defined. This is just a spectrum. You are not... Uh, you are not a spectrum. You are who you are. And so you aren't defined by where you get your energy from. That's just somewhere where you might find yourself personally, mentally, psychically within you find yourself somewhere along this spectrum. But what I want you to know is that you are you. Wherever you are on that spectrum, wherever you change, wherever you move, wherever you are on that sliding scale, you are you. And here at Checkpoint Church, we think that's awesome. And the way we prove that is that we say, you matter. So with that, that's where I'm going to end that rant. Uh, And we're going to take just a quick minute to take a brief sponsored break. Uh, I will go ahead and say, go ahead and throw any of your questions in the chat and we'll be sure to give you some answers in just a minute. Be sure to stay with us, folks. We will be back with you here soon. All right. We are back with our chat point Q&A, so feel free, type any questions that you might have in the chat. If you have anything that you want to ask about introversion versus extroversion, feel free to type those, or anything else that's going on in your life. We just want to answer any questions that you might have about what is Checkpoint, who am I, what are we doing, what's the deal here, what can we talk about, any questions that you might have, feel free, drop them in that chat, and we will answer any that we get to. In the meantime, I'm going to go back to Out of Sense's question from earlier. Do you think that it is possible for someone to be a mixture of both? Yes, I think that there's a, there's a possibility that you can draw from both. But remember, I don't think that necessarily the term we should use is introverted extrovert, uh, or that there might be some kind of combination necessarily. I think that we can be a mixture in the sense that we're on that spectrum. So you can be like 49%, right? You can be like a 4.9 introvert. And you're so close to that border of introvert versus extrovert that all it takes is just the slightest little nudge to get you to be an extrovert. Uh, If you were to take the MBTI one day, By the way, that's the Myers-Briggs. If you were to take the MBTI one day and register as an introvert, and then maybe the next day you're feeling a little bit more like a socialite, maybe you just got back from a trip to the water park or something, and then boom, you're an extrovert that day. It's a sliding scale. It can go anywhere back and forth. So in the sense that you can be a mixture, yes, 
you could be dead center on that spectrum. But I think where we get ourselves in trouble is where we call ourselves an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. Uh, I don't think those necessarily exist because we're talking about two different terms. Um, you can be an outgoing <laughs> introvert. You can be a social introvert. You can be a funny introvert. You can be a lot of different adjectives, but an extroverted introvert is an, is an oxymoron. You're saying that you are an energy getter and an energy giver all at once. And that just doesn't make sense. So a mixture sort of, but the term extrovert introvert is what I try to turn people uh, uh, away from. Uh, perhaps turning on their extroverted side when needed and then turning off when they are done again, absolutely. Um, you know, that's kind of a part two of that question. Um, yes, yes. You know, you kind of turn on your social, you turn on your outgoing side, you turn into a person that is social, but you are that person. Um, I think that that's where sometimes we also get this idea of turning on and, and off. Think about your energy is always being depleted. No matter if you're the most social person at the party or not, you're getting tired. Uh, you're draining that energy. You're you're giving others energy. You're taking it away from yourself and pushing it out. And so it's not so much that you're turning off your social aspect. Um, you probably just are social. You probably just are outgoing. You are kind. You are open. You are social. You are good at these things. Maybe you are funny. You are, you know, that's that's still who you are. This just refers to where you draw your energy from and how you get that energy. Uh, so that that hopefully should answer your question. I think your answer your answer probably came in the in the bulk section at the beginning, but maybe it just got a little bit better answered there. See if we have any other questions come up. We might wrap up early if we don't have anybody come in and ask any questions because I want to make sure uh, that we're doing Q and A you know justice here. I don't want to just be boringly. Uh, making you guys watch what I'm doing. <laughs> I can try and come up with some stories and some things that might be relatable uh, from being introverted and extroverted uh, and try and think of what I might be able to talk about in the light of those things. I could tell you, uh, so let's talk about the MBTI just because I think that's interesting. So MBTI, that stands for the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. And so out of curiosity, if anybody happens to know theirs, feel free to type that in the chat. Uh, but I personally uh, am what is called an INFP, an INFP. That means uh, that I'm introverted. That's my. That's where I draw my energy from. Uh, and then I'm trying to find the actual criteria there. Um, let me see. Let's see if I can find it. Yes. So I am introverted. I'm also intuitive, intuition, feeling, and perception. So I, I'm introverted. That's where I get my energy from. Intuition, that's how I take in. I'm pretty sure that's how I take in the world. Uh, feeling, that's how I make decisions um, based off of what I feel about it. Kind of a, a, a sixth sense rather than thinking through my five senses. Um and then judgment versus perception. I'm perceiving. Judgment is somebody that's very law-oriented, right and wrong, black and white, justice. Whereas I personally am more of a perceiving person. I see a whole lot more uh, sense in nuance. Uh, let's see. A nerd question. A nerd question to propose. What do you believe that Bruce Wayne or Batman would be? Hmm. Versus extroverted and introverted. 
I think that Batman is definitely an introvert. I think he gets his energy from being alone. I mean, we see him as the reclusive playboy, whereas he can put on, you know, that's funny. He can put on the mask. He can, uh, he can be Bruce Wayne. He can be that personable, uh, party going playboy. But I think more often than not, we see him as the recluse that he is and kind of getting his own energy to do what he does by being alone. Uh, we can do the other ones as far as sensing versus intuition. Uh, I think Bats has got to have intuition um, pretty seriously because he thinks beyond just the five senses and kind of puts them together in a sense. Uh, thinking versus feeling, I definitely think he is thinking. Uh, again, he's taking that he's taking that intuition and he's taking that uh, greater level intellect and then he's applying it into thinking. And then as far as judgment versus perception, I think we know that one. He's pretty hard at judgment. He's, he's pretty far on the right and the wrong. He definitely has a strong sense of judgment uh, so that would make him an INTJ. INTJ. I think that's a pretty popular one. We could do some research and see what uh, what are other superheroes uh, MBTIs. We'll see. Oh, here's a whole yeah. Here's a whole report on it. What superheroes has your Myers Briggs personality type? So we'll start with mine, INFP. We'll see who do I match up with. See if I relate to them or not. Oh boy, they've done all of them, haven't they? There's a lot of different types, a lot of different combinations here, obviously. Well, where is it? Um, find INFP. Uh huh. I am Wanda Maximoff, otherwise known as Scarlet Witch. Uh, it says the INFP, an idealist who is deeply guided by their personal values and beliefs. INFPs are imaginative. Uh, insightful and perceptive of the intentions and motives of others. Wanda Maximoff ideal, or embodies the idealism and powerful insight of the INFP personality type. In every decision, she is driven by a powerful sense of what is right and wrong. Now, that one I don't necessarily agree with because I think that, again, that's proceeding versus justice. I guess what she thinks is right and wrong versus what is objectively right and wrong. Uh, she's propelled by her values and imagination, even going so far as to fall in love with an android vision rather than a human. She isn't afraid to make big sacrifices to stand up for the oppressed, and she's haunted when she inadvertently harms others or puts them at risk. Yeah, I mean, I like that. Um, but I don't know how I feel about being compared to Wanda. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what did I What did I say that Bats, Bats was? INTJ? Let's see if we can find INTJ and see if that lines up with what I think. The INTJ is Dr. Strange. Uh, the INTJ, a strategic intellectual individual. So there we go. That's pretty much bats to a T who is driven to achieve far reaching goals by implementing structure and organization in the world around him. INTJs thrive when they can put theories to work in the real world and master as much knowledge as possible to reach their distant goals. I mean, if that's not bats, I think that was pretty good. Oh, uh, let's see. Introverts going to church. Well, if it's a Catholic church, there's not much chatter anyway. That's funny. Yeah. So, uh, you know, kind of like we talked about, Maybe there are some kinds of church that, uh, you know, denominationally might fit better with where we get our energy from. But uh, kind of what we were talking about, Rye, was um, just about the the how it's deeper than just um, liking people or not liking people or liking to be around people or not being around people. But instead, how we can be an introvert and um, still thrive in social situations. So I just gave some advice on some things that I would recommend as an introvert um, that we might do as introverts to uh, be around other people and to be in church and to be present in church. Uh, and we talked a little bit about how I think, I think the one thing that I really liked that I touched on is how uh, introverts and church 
We think the church is a building. We think the church is a place that we go. Uh, but really, a church is a community that we're a part of. That's why Checkpoint Church here online is a community. Uh, we don't have to have a building. Um, we are a community here together. And so ideally, I think the the best thing we can do uh, is to really lean into the fact that we are holding each other accountable, whether it's through a text box or whether it's through hanging out in person or whether through a big party or just a small gathering where we play video games, whatever it is. Uh, I think the key point that we have to know is that introverts are welcome and a part of things and can do it just as well as anybody else, uh, because it's not about who we are. It's about where we get our energy from. You said, yeah, it's tough. General advice is helpful, but people need to find their own ways through trial and error. I absolutely agree. This was just an idea of uh, some structure that has worked for me. Uh, as far as what works for you, it might be something totally different, but just tried to give some helpful shaping finding somebody that can go alongside you, uh, making sure that you take care of yourself and be intentional with what you need to get energy to yourself, realizing that it's okay uh, to be zapped of energy, that sometimes you got to empty the gas tank and just refill it back up again. Uh, and then not letting your mind trick you into believing that you are less than um, or that you don't like people. You do like people and that you're just fine. You're totally normal. And then remembering that it's a spectrum. You're somewhere along that sliding uh, scale, whereas sometimes you may be more introverted than others. Um, but you are not defined by that spectrum. Uh, Rai, you said, I mostly struggle with stutter that is pervasive on occasion so that it is the only hurdle, but I power through it in spite of that. It's the only way I can somehow manage. Yeah, I can imagine. So that's something that, right, dives us even deeper. You know, if you're naturally an introvert and then you also have uh, something that you might struggle with, something that you might have a challenge with, uh, that, that only makes it that much more difficult and that much more intense. Um, so I think that, that, that also reminds me, you know, that, that third step of, or second step rather, uh, of really being intentional about just loving yourself and giving yourself that me time that you need and the grace that you need and understanding that you are more, right. You're more than just a stutter. You're more than just, um, your introversion. You are you, you are uniquely you, you are perfectly you, and there's no reason, uh, to worry. And you just have to give yourself that grace and, and, and love. And I think that's how that's how we really manage is, is to keep on pushing through and to know that you are more than that. But I do I do understand and I imagine that that's got to be challenging. Uh, as far as as far as my own structure, I just kind of have a really bad anxiety. That's something that I normally deal with, uh, and I'm not I'm not uh, frequently medicated in that way. But I am occasional in in moments of intense anxiety. Uh, I might need medicine to help me, but that's not everybody's case. Some people can handle it on their own. Some people need medicine. Some people, it's just a matter of working through it. Uh, but that's something that is helpful to know is that I'm more than that. Ironically, stutter is not caused by anxiety. The stutter causes the anxiety. That is a real bummer. I really hate to hear that. Uh, I totally, I totally get it. I don't have a stutter, but I do have the anxiety part. And so I can only imagine if something were to trigger it um, that I was doing. Whenever something triggers my anxiety, it's normally an external force, not something, you know, that my body is, is doing of its own accord. I hate that. That's got to be challenging. But I hope you know that that doesn't define you. And uh, it sounds like you do. It sounds like you've got it on lock. It sounds like you got it under control. Again, it's not something you can just put your mind to and somehow overcome. Right. 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 Exactly. And so instead of putting your mind to overcoming whatever might be happening, uh, putting your mind to overcoming those negative thoughts that you are less than because of that, or that you're abnormal or that you're weird. None of those things, you know, that, that none of that is true. You're you. And that's perfectly normal and perfectly. Okay. 
just power through regardless, but it makes it harder. I feel you. I feel you. I get it. Well, I think that's awesome. I think that's really cool that you're able to, to power through it and to keep on working through those things. I'm sure it's a daily thing. And that's another part. I didn't, I didn't put that on the list as one of the five, but the reality of an introvert being in public and being with people and, um, it, it is a daily thing. I did kind of say that in the sense that I think that practice doesn't make perfect, but that we can grow and that we can learn, uh, how to power through and that while it doesn't ever get done, while it's not something, a goal to achieve, uh, it is something that gets easier the more and more we practice it. Even if the actual impediment or whatever it might be, doesn't get easier, actually getting through it and powering through it and building up our endurance does get easier. Yeah, regardless of politics, Biden can do it on the biggest stage. I guess there's a way. He's a stutterer. Yeah, there's a lot of famous stutterers out there. I'm trying to think. Uh, it made me. It didn't make me think of Biden, but I was thinking of somebody else that had was notorious for having a big stutter, and I cannot remember who it was. I guess I guess the big one was was in my mind. This shows that I'm a pastor. I think Moses. <laughs> Moses apparently had a really bad stutter, right, or something. He had some kind of speech impediment that he said, "Shouldn't my brother Aaron be doing this instead?" And God said, "No, Moses, you're going to do it." And so that's a pretty famous one as well. I think he's got to be at least as famous as Biden, maybe a little bit more. So we'll, we we can think about it. <laughs> That's funny. I really was thinking it was somebody like famous, like Martin Luther King or something like that. And I was like, "Mm, nope, it's Moses. (laughs) Yes. So Moses did. Uh, Whenever, whenever Moses first got called, he tried to dodge it and say, no, I'm not interested. I'm not going to be doing this thing. I'm not going to go speak to these people because I have a speech impediment. And God, and so Moses says, why not my brother Aaron? And God says, no, I chose you. And so it does cause Moses to get into it, even though he has a speech problem. I uh, believe that Emily Blunt struggles with stuttering and has done phenomenally well to overcome. I didn't know that, but I, you know, I, I think I would believe it. I think there's so many people out there that deal with these kind of things that we just aren't even aware of. And uh, you might more often see them, you know, on talk shows kind of doing that because the, the power of, of movie magic and TV magic can kind of erase any of those things and skip past them. Uh, actors know how to cope better. I guess it's their job. Yeah, exactly. So Emily Blunt, you know, has probably had years and years of training working on it. And she probably has that extra impetus saying, Hey, this is how I make my dollar dollar bills. So let's do it. And so she probably does have a certain sense of that aspect that might push her forward. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that another thing that I, I see very often, uh, is TikTok actually, I watch a lot of motivational TikToks and there'll be people on there that have uh, tics or they have, you know, particular um, things that they would probably, they define as strengths, but other people might try to define as weaknesses. And they go on there and do some positivity training and talk about how, you know, I'm not less of a person because of this. Um, I'm, I'm in fact more, I'm, I'm unique, I'm special, uh, which even still I would, you know, hesitate to say any of that kind of stuff just because I, I don't want anybody to feel like they're set aside um, in a negative way, but rather that we're all sacred, that we're all given that kind of sacred worth and that we all matter in a really important and special way. Let's see. We can always look up most famous person with speech impediment. 
see if we can find some other ones. Should be interesting. Tiger Woods has a stutter. Bruce Willis has a stutter. Samuel L. Jackson has a stutter. Just like you said, Rye, uh, Joe Biden. Barbara Walters has a lisp. We all know that one. Michael Phelps has a lisp. Now here's a surprising one. Literally known for their voice, right? This is somebody that is most famous for their voice. James Earl Jones has a stutter. Uh, apparently Marilyn Monroe had a stutter. Old Marilyn. That is crazy. So yeah, like I said, I think there's there's more to this than we know. Yeah, Monroe is one you knew. So yeah. There are people out there with a stutter. There are people out there with speech impediments. There are people out there that are painfully introverted. There are people out there with painful and crippling anxiety. Uh, and we just push forward. Phone calls are my worst enemy, man. I swear I hate them. I hate that. Um, I will say for a completely different reason, I'm also the worst at making a phone call. I will do everything within my power to make sure I text or email someone. Uh, every single time I get a phone call, I actually think I even have it on my voicemail now that I'm like, I'm probably not going to answer your call. Uh, let it go to voicemail. Cause I do not want to talk to you. <laughs> you know, it's not harsh. I'm not trying to be cruel. It's just genuinely like, Ooh, I just get so anxious about having to talk on the phone to somebody. Uh, ends in the same place with avoidance. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly how I feel about it. I'm still, I'm bad about that one. I try to get good about it and try to be intentional about practicing it. And like, I will make sure I answer the phone. I'll be like, all right, next random number I see, I'm going to answer. And uh, it normally ends up being spam. <laughs> I think I've gotten a call like eight times from the social security office and they're like misspelled. You can tell where the robot messed up and misspoke. And I'm like, yeah, this seems legit. So there's some of that. There's something to that, I'm sure. Um, one, one, one thing that I do with the phone call, and I don't know if this would help you or not, Rye, because... Uh, you know, everybody's unique. And like you said earlier, everybody's got their own steps to working on it. One thing that I've done really intentionally, um, I'm very fortunate to have both my parents. And so I call my mom and dad every week. Um, I have it on my to-do list. I know that sounds really shallow and weird that you would have to write calling your parents on your to-do list, but I do. And I make sure that it, 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 you know, reminds me and encourages me to place that phone call once a week. Uh, sometimes do I miss a week? Sure. Sometimes do I, uh, talk to them in other ways? Do I meet them in person? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I give myself grace there, but intentionally setting aside time to talk to people that I love on the phone in particular is something that allows me to practice. So it's a tactic. I stutter sometimes when my parents on the line, it's rare, but still happens. Sure. So, you know, just getting more and more familiar and trying to trying to ease the anxiety at the very least, you know, acknowledging that, Hey, even whenever you're on, on your phone with your parents, the stutter still happens. But at the end of the day, you're trying and you're getting used to it. And your anxiety at the very least is getting tamed, even if the stutter isn't. So yeah, just something, something that uh, might be helpful. That's something that I do at least. And it helps me might help somebody else out there listening uh, to the podcast after the fact. Let's see. Out of sense, I'm trying to figure out what yours, what yours might be, your uh, MBTI that is. If I had to figure it out, uh, I don't know. I'd have to know. I'd have to get into your brain and and take it apart piece by piece because it is. It's really interesting. If you've never taken the MBTI, I couldn't more highly recommend it. 
Uh, I think that it, it is extremely helpful in understanding who you are in that moment, uh, that it's just a snapshot of where you're at. And like I said, you know, some days I'm more on the scale. Uh, some days I'm more of a introvert. Sometimes I'm less, but it's helpful. It's helpful to know. And then the other ones, as far as sensing, thinking, judgment, intuition, feeling, perception, those are healthy and healthy to know just because helpful to know how you handle different situations. Um, and it, especially here's another thing. Okay. Here's something that I didn't mention. Something that's really helpful about understanding introversion more so than about understanding anxiety because anxiety feels like a detriment. It feels like something that is wrong. Introversion isn't something that is wrong. Uh, it's something that is you. And what I think is helpful is that not only is it something that is you, but it's helpful to know that there's another end of the spectrum. So not only is it something that is you, but there are others who are not you, that there are extroverts, that there are other people that experience energy differently than you do. And just the basic understanding of knowing that we experience something and somebody else experiences something in completely different ways, that in and of itself can be helpful in understanding others a little bit better in giving grace to others. Yes, introversion is a personality type, but it's not a binary. You might be introverted in most contexts, but not all certainly. You being here and wanting to talk to people is not introverted. So yeah, Rai, kind of like we were talking about uh, at, towards the beginning of the pod, um, we're kind of going off of the MBTI spectrum. So the Myers-Briggs uh, type personality is a binary. Uh, each one, so you have introversion, extroversion on each end of the scale. It is a binary. Then sensing and thinking, uh, or no, excuse me, sensing intuition, thinking and feeling, judgment and perception. And so... You are, okay, so you're at least familiar with it, not a fan of it. That's just what we're using today. I think it has its strengths and weaknesses, kind of like I was saying. Um, but that's kind of the, the definition of introversion that I'm going off of here is talking about how being introverted is more about where we get our energy from. And so we, we as introverts get our energy. We get what we absorb energy is from being alone or being uh, kind of secluded, being by ourselves, doing things that charge us in that way. Whereas extroverts on the other end of the spectrum get their energy from lively activity. Um, it doesn't mean that being introverted uh, stops you from being social or outgoing, uh, but that's very possible. You can be an outgoing introvert according to the MBTI um, model. So that's kind of what we were going with as far as this. That's why I use it as a binary. So certainly introversion, if you think of it as a personality type, then I can see how that might be a problematic um, idea for me to declare that there are both sides of the coin there. But I think with the MBTI model in particular, it's helpful in the sense that understanding that it, we are on a spectrum with that, where we get our energy from, and that there is somebody that gets energy from something else. And the same thing goes with the others. As far as sensing and intuition, there are people, if you're an intu if you're an intuitive person like I am versus a sensing person like others might be, understanding that just because some people are sensing and I'm intuiting uh, doesn't mean that I'm wrong or they're wrong, but instead that we're different. Uh, thinking and feeling, some people think, some people feel, and that judges with how we react. And maybe you're a thinker and I'm a feeler and that's okay. 
It just helps to understand. It's not that the binary, there's me and you, that it's me and other, but rather that others are different, um, that we are not all the same and that there's 16 personality types here, but with the nuance that you could get with each one, if they're on this spectrum scale and with the nuance that this is just one model, uh, it just helps. Hopefully it helps to take a step back and to think of the fact that, Hey, there are a lot of people out there. They're different than me. They're not me. They might register differently. And so that's okay. That's all I was kind of getting at there. Right. He said, yes, personality types are just that different types are just that different types. Anxiety though, is not something I would consider being right. It's just your body, body falsely sensing danger. That's most likely not there. Exactly. So yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was trying to get at that introversion and personality is what makes you, you anxiety is not you. Uh, anxiety is just a antecedent. It's just an ancillary thing. It's just something that is happening to you, if you will. Um, whether it is, you know, your brain causing it or whether it's an external factor coming upon or whatever it might be, um, that bodily response doesn't have anything to do with who you are uh, and that you're still unique. You're still important. You're still different than others, but that doesn't define who you are. It's just what's happening to you in the moment. Yes, 100% agree. I think we're on the same page, especially now that hopefully now that I um, calibrated a little bit and talked a little bit about this idea of the MBTI and about how that's kind of the spectrum we're going with here. I appreciate you joining in the conversation, Ryan. I think you've, you've definitely added a whole lot to the talk and, and you've definitely sent me down some fun rabbit holes that have been very interesting. I mean, people who have an irrational sense of anxiety know how it feels. So most likely we will end up on the same page. Yes, exactly. And I definitely have had that irrational sense. So I definitely think, I definitely think we get each other. I'm right there with you. We only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, if we have any other cues that I can A, then I will. Um, but otherwise, we'll just start kind of wrapping up. If there's anything else that we can work our way through. As always, I do want to uh, you know ask everybody if they would be interested in more of these. We do these every Thursday, so feel free to follow us uh, here on Twitch. Find us on Facebook at Checkpoint Church NC. Find us on Twitter, uh, Checkpoint Nerd. Find us on Instagram at Checkpoint Church. And uh, join in the conversation, be a part of something. If you want to join our community on Discord, you can also do that with the link uh, in our bio on our About section here on Twitch. Um, this podcast is going to be posted uh, tomorrow on our podcast hub. So if you want to check out Checkpoint Church on all your favorite podcast providers, which we're finally on Apple. Yay, we're last on Apple Podcasts. It's always the last one to go. And if you want to find us there, we post this podcast. We post our podcast from uh, Tuesdays called Babylon. Uh, any sermons that I preach or messages that I give as well uh, will be on there. It's just a, kind of the catch-all, if you will. That podcast is where everything ends up. But this podcast is quickly becoming my favorite in the sense that it's just a live Q&A. It's something that we're doing here on Twitch where we all get together. We all talk together. Uh, I think that's really fun and unique and different. So I, I, I hope that everyone enjoys that. And uh, again, want to remind everybody about some of our things that we have going on um, that we'll always have posted here on Twitch. Um, I'll also let people know here in the Twitch chat, um, we are 
officially selling merch. We have a t-shirt. So if you would like to check out our Teespring, uh, we can get a t-shirt there. Uh, we are finally a Twitch affiliate as well. Finally, it happened so fast. I shouldn't say finally. Uh, we are a Twitch affiliate, which is very exciting. And so we're happy to um, take any of those subs and start uh, getting to know the community and you know, really trying to offer everything we can with that. We'd love some ideas on how we can better provide for our subs there. And then one way that we are giving back, because we do believe in extravagant uh, uh, generosity, um, and so I will respond to you right first. I just want to let everybody know we are giving away a free copy of Batman Arkham Knight. So feel free to click that link, uh, to get that, uh, get entered into that. We definitely want to give away and be generous with as many people as we can. Okay. So Rai said, I'm not the target audience for this type of show. I'm not religious, but I enjoyed this conversation a lot. Good luck on your endeavors. It's a really neat angle on a religious type of podcast from the traditional ones. I appreciate that Rai. Uh, and, um, appreciate you listening in. You know, I know that it can be it can be a little strange, and I know that the religion thing can cause some some strife and some uh, stress, but we are also cr- kind of trying to defy that uh, standard of religious, um, you know, kind of like I, talk, I talked about earlier on in this show that I, I care less about religion and about a building and more about community. And so my, my bigger goal here on Twitch and on all of our social media and everywhere that we're, we are is just trying to be there for people. And so I understand if, uh, if you don't want to become a Christian, if you don't want to be religious, I totally get it. So I get it. And I just want you to know that you are welcome here if you'd like to join us, but I totally get it. Not one of those people grew out of that phase. I appreciate religion as a part of the human experience. Very much fascinating. I get it. I get it. Religion is weird. And, uh, sometimes I will go ahead and tell you, I don't like it very much, uh, either. So yeah, no, I understand. I didn't think you were being antagonistic in the slightest. Just wanted to let you know you are welcome uh, for anything that you want to join, whether you're religious or not. You certainly uh, can join in on any of these conversations that you think sound interesting. Um, Or if you just like video games, we're just a group. So yeah, well, thank you. Uh, We appreciate that. And um, it was nice to get to know you. Yeah. Keep on browsing. And Twitch is an interesting platform that we're just kind of experimenting with how to build a community here try to get to people to know one another and just be there for one another. So we appreciate you and appreciate everyone for watching this chat with that. We're hitting one o'clock. So it was nice to meet you, Rye. It was nice to chat with everybody and we will see you guys in the next one. Remember, as we always say at the end, God loves you. I love you. You matter. Know those three things and we will see you again next time.